is Ray's Rowdy Racing with Caleb Conradi and Dawson Edwards. Hello, welcome to Ray's Rowdy Racing. Hell yeah. Welcome back. Tuesday edition. Another rain out. Yeah, another we had a rain out this weekend. We were just talking, thank God though, because uh, we were wore out yesterday. Wore the hell out. I took, uh, I, took, I took a little like hour and a half, two hour nap right when we got home before the race. Took a shower, watched the race. Me and Caleb hung out for like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 30 an minutes, hour, an hour after the race. And I was like, I'm going back to bed. Took another like two hour nap. Yeah. And then got up for a minute and then went to bed for the evening. As soon as it was over, I grabbed a pen and went to bed. <clears throat> Boop. Out like a light. Just that road, that sleep you get in your bed at home mm-hmm. after being on the bus is just the best. Uncomparable. Yeah. I mean, you made the drive yourself up to Cincinnati, so you felt every single one of the roads, and I well, know Burrell. you're familiar with them. Well, Burrell did. But. <laughs> that, there you go. Is Burrell a good driver? Yeah, he's a really good driver. Okay, good. Heck yeah. yeah. Burrell's a really good driver. Him. He's like, you give him a task, and he will run through that, and driving's one of them. Hell yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You love to hear it. Yeah. Is he good as Dale Earnhardt? Yeah. Ooh, man. Earnhardt fast. Wow. All right, so Dawson told us yes, about sir. this magical news. Magical news. About yes. buying a house. Bought a house. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Congrats, man. Heck Pretty yeah. pumped up about that. <laughs> yeah. We will not have a podcast next week, it sounds like. Yes, yeah. but we will be back with more podcasts. We will be worry. back with a lot more podcasts. Yeah. Me yeah. and Caleb have uh, an idea, I was telling you, for the weekday. Yeah. We're, we're going to th- we're gonna try to do, like, who knows what day. We, it honestly just depends on when odds come yeah. out. Yeah. Um. But... uh. D- like make a podcast during the week of why we make our bets yeah and I how mean, we make it we're not professional betters by no means mm-hmm. so don't take like super hardcore advice because yeah. if you lose a bunch of money i don't want you to uh, yeah. you know fuck yourself it's not advice it's more just we like to hear ourselves talk yeah <laughs> we like, like to talk about this we talk about it yeah. all the time you're like we're degenerates you can degenerate with us Please very yeah. much so one dollar on each bet yeah wow. but uh me and Lindsay, me and Lindsay bought a house uh close on it on july 25th which nice. is tuesday of next Tuesday or Wednesday. A week from today. Start the countdown now. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday um, of next week? Yeah, because the 23rd is Sunday when we get home. My dad's coming up uh, on Sunday the 23rd to help me move some stuff. I don't have much stuff. Lindsay has a ton of stuff, which is cool. We don't have to... Uh, He's marrying into furniture. Yeah, we don't have to buy much. We The house comes with a... Uh, sits on a half acre. Uh, sits on a half acre. Got a big-ass chicken coop. Got another chicken coop for roosters to raise roosters out of. Got a big ass garden, big ass fenced in yard. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like it's about two hours outside of Nashville, about uh, forty five minutes away from Rome, Georgia. Nice. So about Um, thirty minutes away from Lindsay's work. So we have the ability to do these like remote podcasts, but like the real question is, what are you guys going to do on Sunday? I uh, know that's that's the hard I'm still part. Still going to be it. watching races. We're, I mean, yeah. definitely going to still be watching because <laughs> separate but equal. Like, yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah. I know it's going to suck a little bit, but I mean, the good thing is, is I've made that drive to Rome because I don't know how many people know this, but the reason me and Dawson are such good buddies is because back when we first met, I was on the road with Luke Combs and doing the whole thing, and I got that job right after we met, and so I was doing all that kind of stuff and. A lot of things in my life, like, personally changed really quick, and I ended up leaving the road and just did a lot of... It was a weird time in my life. And as I was coming off the road and trying to piece everything back together a little bit, Dawson started inviting me to come down to Rome, and that's where we got into NASCAR, and his family basically adopted me. 
So yeah. pretty much, they like, gave him Christmas presents. Oh yeah, Octo- like Halloween, Halloween presents, yeah. Easter baskets. Like <laughs> my mom I, is very big on still like even to this day she give makes us like like a little like like for Valentine's Day she, mm. I chew gum like a like crazy and uh, the only reason I don't chew on here because I don't want to hear myself yeah in the microphone yep. but I chew gum like crazy so mom for like Valentine's Day will literally get like three of those like extra like three packs you know like three of those and like a couple nascar diecast you know stuff like that for me and like whatever megan likes i don't know but and then caleb when he started coming along like she would give him you know diecast race cars and and uh, you like there was some sort of skittles or Uh, butterfingers Butterfingers, something that you like big butterfinger guy but uh yeah so i'd go down there all the time for every holiday because it was only three hours away i probably went down there like Two to three times a month. A month, yeah. Would go down pretty much any time Dawson did for a solid two years. And so I just basically become the other family member. So making that drive to Roman back is almost as familiar as not it is for Dawson bad. at this yeah. point. So not it's really bad not bad. bad at all. I mean, if we needed to, we can always, if we wanted to watch a race together, one of us can just make that drive easy. And luckily, it's not all the way to Rome. So yeah, it's it's way less of a drive to Rome, which is dope. That's so, not bad. Yes. I used to drive an hour each day to work and then an hour back. Really? You know, five was that in Pittsburgh? Yeah, man. That's a long. That feels a lot longer when you're doing it. It does, yeah. But I mean, you get used to it. And honestly, like the cool part about a drive like that is that, like, that's your wind down time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoy driving. So, yeah. um, I, in 2020, it was a big like for riding purposes. Like, mm-hmm. riding at the house, I hated so much because like I would use my I use my like 20 30 minute drive into Music Row to think about songs or something listen Mm. to music something if not like in 2020 me and maxwell just sit there drink coffee and watch nfl live you know good morning nfl whatever the fuck it's called Mm. and it's like oh let's go write a song now yep it's very very uninspiring in 2020 when you don't have a drive to get there you know like i'm gonna write about in, TV NFL, show we just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings blowing a lead. God bless the Vikings. Sorry about it. Falcons Minnesota. blowing a lead. Yeah, no, it's really cool. We Caleb, uh, Caleb's also moving. Yeah, we're all not since, as far away, but very far away. Yeah, me and <laughs> me, Dawson, and Allison all live together right now. So now we're now that he's buying the house, Allison's job is moving to Fairview, so we need to move closer to that, which kind of what's ignited this whole fire is her getting that job. Yeah. So now we're moving down to Centerville because right. there's a little house down there. It's about an hour outside of town off of 840, but the owners are super cool. They're going to let us dig a garden in the yard. There's a little pool. They allow, they're going to allow us to try to build back up a little bit. And Hell yeah. We're going to have our own little space. It's going to be a little far away, but the then again. The boys are growing up. Yeah, I know. It's kind of wild. We, yeah. we, we had a, there was a damn above ground pool at this house that we bought mm-hmm. in, the, in the yard, and I'd actually talked to Scott, our tour manager. He's, you know, writing up a little um, – little letter saying like how many how much money i make and how you know how many shows we have whatever and he was telling me about like insurance purposes like they'd probably say something because they're you're supposed to have a gate on your fit like if uh your pool in case you know little johnny across the street comes in and like hops in your pool it's on you whatever yeah and i don't think the pool maybe like you're even talking about was it maybe not in the greatest of shape like i said i only saw this pool twice before it got tore down but it had a pool got tore down because it was just like too much of a liability or like we had to do something to it and we were just like i'm not dropping you know 10 grand on a porch over there because this house has two (laughs) massive like big porches on it on the front and back it's like we already got a lot of porch like i don't i don't know if i want to build more porch over here with this you know money we don't have to do that so the 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 pool got torn out Mm -hmm. which is unfortunately but 
I mean, it's something like like we could Y'all do just, later. Always yeah. put in another above ground pool, baby. Yeah, exactly. So, it's the American way. Or get a horse trough, <clears throat> sit out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that would get some the water hot in the summertime. Yeah. Well, I mean, good enough for the horses and the cattle. I've I've yeah. definitely as a kid taken a couple dips in a cattle trough, but they were actual cattle troughs the cattle drank out of. So yeah. There was that. <laughs> I saw people taking pools like on TikTok, like putting big like taking bags of ice, you know, and putting it in mm-hmm. pools just to cool them off a little bit. Chill them out, baby. I could imagine this summer just like everywhere you go is like ninety five degrees. Like that water's probably like not even refreshing. It's it's probably warm. Yeah. Put a little in a, shade in a over it. It'll be good. It'll yeah. be a good time. And then no. y'all had a fun week. We got to see a little piece of yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, fuck that guy though. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I was so I was I, no. I, like he was like you such gotta, an asshole. You got to explain no, this story. Doing his yeah. job. He was I, just doing it his was job. it was it was. I don't club. even think we need to hit on that man. <laughs> okay, we won't we won't talk about <laughs> that guy. Right. It was a, we had a great show, man. Uh, the boys got us some tickets, which were great seats. We were up there for the for the first part to see the the start of Travis and all of Muscone, and then we went back because we had a bunch of friends with us. So nice. we went back and kind of hung out in the lawn. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. And uh, man, uh, what a kick-ass show. It was. I, there was a lot of people. Because uh, we, we were opening for Eric Church this weekend. Yeah. We were in Cincinnati that the y'all G- saw us. And yes. St. Louis the day after that. Yes. First off, two of the most exhausting days I've had in a long time. Y'all were there the, enti- the entire t- show. Yeah. I never once got a chance to even come over and say hi. Oh, dude, we get it. Totally yeah. slammed. Me and Kayla were both in our 17,000, 18,000 uh yeah. Step markers. Yeah, my feet sick. still hurt from those two days. Yeah, Caleb, yesterday. <laughs> I am still in pain. Like, I about, still feel it. He's like, dude, do your legs hurt? And I was like, not really. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an old man, man. Caleb was having some leg hurt problems was, this weekend. Uh, side note, there's a reason for that. It's because I, I have to collect all the bus stock, and we don't uh, use yeah. our dressing rooms pretty much except for showers at the end of the day if they have them. Yeah. I tell people on our rider, do not break our bus stock out. Just leave it in the bags you buy it in, and preferably on a cart so I can get it out. There was on the all of our bus stock was on the second floor, no elevator, so I had to bring all of it down piece by piece. It took me probably twenty twenty five trips. So I was walking up and down, back and forth to the buses all day long. But outside of that, there's a lot of people online. If you look up right now about Eric Church's tour that are talking about how he's not playing his typical set. He doesn't play a lot of his older songs. He plays a lot of the new stuff that he put out. Yeah. Even some of the older stuff he does play, he's changed up the way that he plays it. Like, it's a bit more funky. Yeah. and It's bluesy. Living part of life with yeah. horns in it. It was yeah. awesome. Wow. It was kind of cool. Oh, and well. you look up those articles, there's a yeah. lot of people that are like, oh, the people are leaving, it's terrible, this and that. And so me and Dawson were genuinely worried, like, are we going to see an Eric Church show that we're going to be happy with? Hell Fucking it yeah, was awesome. It was awesome. So it was good. amazing. Anybody that has something bad to say about that came there with expectations they need to drop at the door. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm a, I, like I said last week. Like Eric Church is like number one on the list. Like Eric Church, Hank Jr., and Brantley Gilbert have just been the three dudes. You know, mm-hmm. my whole life. And uh, and I've seen Eric Church a few times already, but it was back. You know, in the Chief, uh, Outsiders like me. And uh, the Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour was the first one I ever saw him on. That was the Nashville show. But, like, those shows, dude, were just like, oh, my God, you know? And I, I you know, we talk and read all this stuff. I'm like, what? Like, what is this? And then I was like, this is going to be stupid. And then I was like, I take back everything I said. Like, this, if you're, like, a true Eric Church fan, which I am, I was like, you, didn't, you will enjoy the show. I was like, if you're a radio Eric Church fan, you, you probably hate it. Like, you would probably hate the show. But if you're a true Eric Church fan... You will love the show. It, yeah. it was that cool. 
Man, I think it's one of those things, too, where the artists get tired of playing the same songs. So you either tour less and you just do that. And you're like, cool, we'll play the songs you want to hear. Yeah. You know? Or you switch it up a little bit every year. You know, mm-hmm. you make it a little interesting. And Eric, man, they switch it up every show. They do, yeah. Yeah, when we talk to Driver, which is one of his guitarists, he's like, Eric's thing is, we all have the in-ears. He's like, he'll just call it a song. And we just play it. He's like, and then when we play some songs, there'll be songs that follow it, you know, that we know. Yeah. When that song happens, we follow it with this song, this song. Yeah. Then he'll just call out another song. Yeah. Which you is know? awesome. It's crazy, though. You got to know every freaking song. Yeah. I talked you know? to one yeah, of the guys on stage. What were you saying about stage. the set list? I was actually, that's uh, exactly yeah, where I was okay. going. Is I was talking to this guy on stage as we we're doing changeover from Travis to Eric. Uh, the guy comes, uh, some guy comes up. I cannot remember what his name is off the top of my head. Please sue me for that. But. I, he comes up to help me push a riser out of the way. I'm totally suing you. And uh, do it, please. Uh, I try to start pushing it, and I say something to the effect of like, yeah, we'll take that over there, and somebody's yelling at me about a set list. And the guy looks over at me, and he goes like, ah, we don't even give those away anymore. And I was like, what? Why? And he's like, well, uh, with Eric, we have 36 to 40 songs written out on the set list of be prepared to play any of these 40 songs. So crazy. But of course, when you're coming up against curfews and all this different stuff, yep. sometimes you're going to, ha- he, he has more songs than he's actually able to play. Yep. So they get down to the end of the list and there's a couple songs on there that are option songs. And he said, the last thing we want is to hand out a set list, give it to somebody. And then they go on the internet and bash like, Oh, they started cutting songs. They didn't even play their full set because there's songs on there. They're not, going to get to and they know that yeah. they just keep them on there just in case yep. and so he's like we just don't even hand them out anymore which i totally get i mean you can't have people bashing you online for cutting your set yeah especially when people are already so upset about the set some in some circles with the way that things have changed up so then they're just kind of trying to hedge their bets on not having people be upset which makes total sense it's stuff that you wouldn't think about until you have to think about it so you yeah. know that they've run into a situation before yeah i think it's smart like to do that and set lists are cool but at the same time it's like you don't get anything from giving a set list out and especially specifically at a show like that no one's that close to you where you feel like you have to give them a set list yeah you know you have enough like room between the stage and the pit to be like if someone's asking you you can just not pay attention to them you know yeah. <laughs> like, especially I, I, if you look busy we, enough <laughs> yeah i enjoy it when we are when they are like at travis's shows people are that close like they yeah. can just lean over the stage yeah so like like Texarkana, we had tons of people hang out and like we don't go get picks, but like there'll be you know a couple picks on the stand, yep. a couple picks in on the steel guitar, mm-hmm. you know a couple picks, and we got eight set list. We have no problem giving away a couple yeah. picks in our eight set list. But uh, it was funny, Sambo. That was that was the guy's name, right? Stage manager. Stage guy. manager. Awesome dude. He he comes after the show. We still had to get our snake. On the second show, this is the second night. Mm-hmm. Um, had to get our snake, and we had all taken showers and stuff. And I, I'm sitting there with no socks on, got my Crocs on, like got my night clothes on, but I was still like, you know, getting ready to get the snake. And we had a couple whiskey drinks, you know, whatever. And people are coming up, like, can y'all give us a pick? Don't work for church. Can y'all give us a pick? Don't work for church. You know, whatever. Okay, well, Sambo has a has a stack of picks in his hand, like this <laughs> big, and he is. I mean, fucking throwing up people. <laughs> to people that aren't even paying attention or asking. He'll just so see them out there and he'll be like, I think I can get them. <laughs> he'll just shoot a pick out this, at them. This is what made me laugh, though. There was two things that I love. One, he throws one and it goes over. There's a ledge. I mean, it was probably, you know, five foot tall, whatever. 
And uh, this girl, the pit goes, it's, the ledge is probably five foot tall, and then it, it's probably three foot over it, and there's like a mulch. It was like where a tree was over there. And that girl yeah. couldn't have been more than five foot two. And she's five <laughs> foot two. And she's giving it every, and we're giving it to jump up to get it. We're like, come on, come on. You got, we got the whole stage cheering for yeah. this gal. Cause it's and like, a security it's just guard. outside of reach, but she knows she can get it if she jumps high enough, but she can't quite reach it. So, so we are kept all going, going and kept going and kept going. And she finally is like, didn't have any more energy to get it. And then a security guard, he watched her do it the whole time, grabs the pick and hands it to her. So <laughs> then and we all start cheering. We start just cheering. Like, yeah, yeah, she got it. So then, my next favorite part, there's a person standing right in front of me and Caleb, begging us for a pick, like not taking no for an answer. Like we don't, so we don't work for Eric Church. I don't have any Eric Church picks. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Sambo throws a pick. I swear to God, it would have hit, hit her ear. And she's still asking us. I go, well, if you'd been paying attention, you just got hit with a pick right there. She's like... <laughs> Looking around, doesn't get the pick. Mouth doesn't pick it up. Someone else grabbed it. I was like, oh. I was like, keep your head on a swivel. I can't, like, I can't help you if you can't I, help yourself. Yeah, I can't help you if you're not even looking. Like you just got <laughs> hit in the ear of the pick, and you're begging me for one. I was uh, like, come on, man. It Great. was yeah, lots of lots of funny stories from that. Sambo knocking lights together to oh, make Oh, that room was for one us. of my freaking favorite parts Getting, too. We have to push our risers on through Guitar World and get onto the stage from stage right. And the lights are kind of in the way, and we're kind not of sh- in the way. We're like, I don't think we're gonna be able to fit through here. Just being polite, we don't want to ask him to move their stuff. And he just is like, Oh, is that in your way? And he picks up this giant moving light and just starts swinging it around like it's just a baby he you're trying it to into enjoy. Another one. And bashes it into another light. It's like, I don't give a damn. Just you can move these anywhere you want to. Here, look at that. I'll just knock them together. And he just starts <laughs> he t- hitting them like it's a bell. He's trying to ring. He told me he's like, It's good for the economy. If this breaks, I'm creating a job for somebody to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. It was, I mean, just talk about a crew that loved being around us and we loved being around and we had a great time. They worked extremely well with us. Like I said, I even had guys from their crew helping us with changeover, not in a rude way to try to speed us up. Just, hey, we only have like eight hands for you. So here, here's two more. It's me. That's great. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. Great crew. I would absolutely love to do that again. I, I would love to do, do like a 40 day tour. Yeah. I would split my drum rug in half and gladly do a 40-show tour with Eric yeah. Church and Travis Tritt. Yeah. Man, it'd be great. And I, I think the crowd would love it. I love doing shows that like I would personally buy a ticket to. And yes. like I would buy a ticket to an Eric Church, Travis Tritt, Muscadine show. Like, yeah. I would purchase that ticket and like enjoy all three bands you know absolutely and i mean I love, even i love that that even made it better too was having muscadine there so it's all of our buddies yeah so yeah. We, we know we've all the known muscadine guys and yep. coming in and being on the road with up. tyler is fun to talk yeah. to and then gary and charlie they'd come hang out you know afterwards i got to give a shout out to the chili hut that shit chili was hut. that shit was incredible was that cincinnati cincinnati after yeah. show food they had uh and one of the best roast beef sandwiches of all time. From uh, I was going to get there. I was Lion's gonna, Choice. Lion's Choice, St. yeah. St. Louis. Dude, they, the after show food, Eric's tour manager said like he's been on the road you know, his whole life. And I always give his props to Caleb for after show food. But sometimes it is just like Arby's or you know whatever. Yeah. And uh, he was like, man, I'm sick of you know eating you know 30-minute-old Arby's sandwiches. So like once he became a tour manager, he was like, I'm going to give – my guys hot after show food so they they get after, they get food trucks every show to get hot so made f- to you know order sh- food and dude i've been wanting to try skyline chili for so long like because i got on the road been wanting to try it just never got around to it never got the opportunity like whatever something would always come up whatever never got to try it so this guy that's what he did was like that type of stuff but it was like homemade yeah got a chance to try it blown away loved it 
And then the next night we go over there and they had all they had was like roast beef and roast turkey beef, sandwiches. Roast beef, turkey, and ham. Like and then, shaved ham, shaved turkey, and then roast beef. And then a couple options for cheese. Bro, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have like high expectations. Like, it's just a sandwich. Oh my God. <laughs> and on top of that, your fry order came with a side of ranch. You didn't have to ask for it. It came with ranch. <laughs> like, that is even more top tier. That is what this like, country is founded on. It didn't ranch. say, you know, come with fucking ketchup. It said side of fries with ranch. I'm like, oh, these are my people. <laughs> Chef's kiss. God bless the Midwest. Truly. Whatever. Dude, it was awesome. We ate, we ate that, and like everyone was like, holy shit, dude, that's the best roast beef sandwich I've ever had. We all, we like we this uh uh roast beef and pepper with pepper jack cheese was the number one. They had told us that was the number one order of the night. And I was like, that's what I'm I'm taking that with. I'm going with it. that. <laughs> yeah, I went up there to go get our driver's food, and they uh, I just have to order for three people. So I'm like, I just need one sandwich for each, and whatever you want to uh, like, just put fries on the side. Then I left because I was in a hurry. Come back later to go grab it. And she said, well, you never told me what type of cheese you wanted, so I just made you three bags, and every all three bags have three sandwiches in them. One roast beef with pepper jack, one roast beef with cheddar, and one roast beef with whatever the last one they had. What a blessing. So they just were like, here's nine sandwiches for your three drivers. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> now I have some for the bus, too. <laughs> and they, all, they also like put some seasoning on the sandwiches. Like, they had yeah. like a... It was. It had a little more. It had a little more flavor. It, I think it was, it wasn't just salt. It was like a seasoning salt. You know, some kind of thing they had. Mm-hmm. It, they just kind of covered the top of the sandwich with. Yeah. Unbelievable. And like that was made it even better. Like it Money. was just great. I won't be able to top the after show food for a minute. It's going to take me a lot of effort, and we've got a yeah. lot of stuff to fix after Texarkana. So, because <laughs> yeah, we we left the Eric Church shows, went to Texarkana, and we had one of the worst days we've ever had. We had we figured out that somehow Jimmy's base. The entire weekend with Eric Church was running with two of the wires and the power cable to it flipped backwards. So it was getting double the voltage it was supposed to be getting. Jeez. And somehow Brutal. this bass rig lasted for both of those shows. We blew fuses out of the bass amp the first show. We were yeah. like, well, that was weird. Yeah, strange. But then we switched over to his old setup and it worked fine. Just a direct, straight direct into the pedal. Out the front of house, yep. like line in. Then we get to Texarkana, and the moment Dawson plugs it in, it lasts for about a minute, staying lit up, and then it just dies. And then we're we like, plug oh, in that's this weird. So we changed it to a different power different supply. Power box. It goes. <laughs> that's what it sounded like, oh, and it just no. started getting hot and hot. And I was like, I don't think this is supposed to happen. Like yeah. this, is, this ain't right here. Yeah. So we finally figure out, okay, it's a power problem coming from somewhere. So I'm like, I. You know what? I wonder if somebody's got the lead swapped in here. So I open up the dang power cable that jumps to it, and lo and behold, your hot wire and your neutral wire were backwards. So I had to flip those back around. But in the process, we ruined every rig that Jimmy had on the road, and he had to go to a direct DI box. No 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 pedals, no pedals, no nothing. Had to go direct DI in. In the middle of the show, a thunderstorm rolled through, and it's North Texas, so your thunderstorms are just insane. Yeah, the thunder rolls. We Heck sat, yeah, our, we sat there, we uh, sat there during the day. Lights keep going on, and off, power keeps going on and off. Fries are lighting director's console. Smoke's coming out of it. I'm trying to use the bathroom in the pitch black dark at one point. Yep. Like it, it was just at one point they shut the breakers off, and we just sat there for like an hour because they were like. We can't risk all this just going to shit, like because the power the power is just on and off, on and off. And we're like, it's gonna just you know get a big surge of power and just absolutely fry everything. Fry everything yep. we have. So for literally like an hour, we just sat there and just Did shot nothing. the shit. 
just because we had nothing else to do. On top of all that, this show started at 6 o'clock. Which is two hours minimum earlier than normal. Normally, we're not even playing until 8, 8.30. So on the day we have all these problems, we also play early. <laughs> yeah, so two hours just like, time to fix it. We get, we sound check got pushed all the way back to four o'clock, and I mean we got done. Doors were at five. We got done at five o'clock. Yeah, I was doing set lists and everything. I was working while the doors were open, which is rare. That doesn't ever happen. Yeah, it so. was a wild day. Ended up to, ended up Travis loved the show, but man, that was yeah. The exhausting. show went great. He's like, this is awesome. This is great. You know, whatever. I mean, this you know sold out crowd, big yeah, theater. All the guys ended up really liking it and everything. So yeah. the show was fine. It was just like before the show, man. We were just getting one thing after another. Dobo pedal went out as well. Had to fix that. Had to put a new that. pedal in. Um, Something else went down. I don't know. But in the middle of it, Scott, or TM, straight up looked at me and Dawson and said, you know what? I give it 50-50 yeah. that we actually get this show running. And then I give it 50-50 after that. We actually make it through the show without having another problem. And somehow we landed on the right side of both of those 50s. What a blessing. <laughs> Our guys in the crew, there was two different guys that were like, man, I'm about to just cry. I'm <laughs> just about to just cry. And like, it was oh, the two man. guys that have been with Travis the longest. It was Bud and Derek that were the ones saying, like, man, I just feel like crying right now. Because me and Dawson are too blind. <laughs> we're just like, ah, we're just going to figure this out. I mean, was, we didn't even know enough it, to cry. And when they back. tell us that, I'm just like, ah, this is what it is, man. <laughs> it took me back, Caleb. We talked about Myrtle Beach and how of a, just a horrible, horrible day that was. <laughs> that was just, you know, strictly because of rain, but right. like, horrible day. And, uh, Caleb was like, dude, if I'd have been by myself, I think I would have let one single tear roll out of my left <laughs> eye. Like yep. one single tear. And I was like, I feel that. Like that old commercial whenever they had the, the Don't Mess With Texas commercials back in the day. Anybody from Texas will know about it. Or I think it might have even been a national thing. They had like a, a Native American guy up on the screen and he would have one tear rolling down his eye and it was like an anti-litter commercial. So I was like, that's the exact type of tear I'm going to shed where it's just like, this is too messed up for me to even do anything about. And it's not even me causing it. We just got to deal with it. So one little tear is going to come rolling down my cheek. Tear the size <laughs> of Texas. Yeah. Yeah, but that was... It was a weekend. But we survived it. We made it here. And then they ended up delaying the NASCAR race so we just got to for watch us the whole so we can watch the whole thing on Monday. What good friends they are, you know? Heck I hate, yeah. I hate that for everybody that had to work on Monday, but we had to work on Sunday, so we were off Monday to get to watch the whole thing. I was like... I am so ready to sit and watch all 301 laps of this Crayola race. Crayon. How did it I, go? I, I just I wanted to call it Crayola. It was the best New yeah. Hampshire race I've personally ever seen. It was yeah. really good. It was awesome because New Hampshire, in my mind, is that one racetrack we go to a year. It's kind of like Richmond. Yeah, before we were going to Richmond twice in a year, and it was just Man, too much. And I just hate that because Richmond used to too. be so cool. It's just not anymore, and it's that's not. kind of what I, it was to me. It was the one-off race you went to. They ran a shitload of laps. You tried to make passes, and you can go about too wide for about a corner, but by the time you come off the corner, you're back to single file again. It's just not. It wasn't the most fun race in the world, and it was always won by somebody I don't care about. Because, I mean, I Eric have no... Almirola. It's either Eric Amarola or Christopher Bell winning these races. And it's just like, I don't I don't hate either of them. Dawson has different opinions about Amarola. He's not a big Amarola guy, but I, I don't... <laughs> not at all. I don't hate either one of them, but I don't love either one of them either. So it's kind of like, uh, just, okay, cool. They want it. Woohoo. Let's move on. We've got Pocono coming up next week, and there's a good chance Bubba Wallace might run into the wall is in this, turn one. Which Pocono race is this? 
Uh, it's coming up next the week. Only it's one. the only one they have. Oh, yeah. They only have one now. Pocono 500. Something. I don't know how many laps I don't, they have. I don't know what it is. I, I, I can tell you in two seconds. Yeah. But, yeah, it ended up being one of the greatest races I've seen there. They were running three wide, coming off into and out of corners. Four, 400. 400. 400 miles. There you go. 400, 400 miles high point, which is Briscoe's sponsor for the weekend. High Heck point yeah. maybe 500. He'll, uh, maybe high point 400. Pull out another top 10. Pocono is my first race ever before <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this race. Heck yeah, that's awesome. And it was cold, right? It was so cold. <laughs> it's so they cold. Used, they used to run mountains. two. They yeah. used to run two Pocono races, and then in uh, so so this idea so actually two, came about three years ago. And co- before COVID, the 2020 schedule that came out before COVID happened, mm-hmm. they had this thing where they were going to run the first ever double header in NASCAR history, where they ran a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. Like that was the two Pocono races. Yeah, and they actually sold it out. But COVID happened, and they ended up having to run all – they did double headers, and the schedule was all messed up, whatever. But Pocono got canceled because that was one of the ones they just weren't having – The North. N- yeah, not having anybody the, there. The North. So they were running – you know, they would run like a they would run like a Wednesday race at Darlington, then a Sunday race at Darlington. And then and then they'd run a cup – they'd run a weekday race at Charlotte and then a, another race at Darlington. They raced Darlington like four or five times in 2020. And it was awesome. We, love, <laughs> we do love Darlington. Kevin Harvick won like every one of them. Yeah. Um – but they ended up getting back in 2021, I guess, would have been. I think I got that right. 2021, they did get a chance to do the double header and got to do the Saturday-Sunday Pocono race and then, then did actually sell it out. I don't know if tickets carried over what. Sold it out. And then after that, they were like, oh, yeah, Pocono's back. This is awesome. And then, boom, took a race from Pocono and gave it to someone else. So now the Pocono only happens once a year. Yeah. Because we have 1,800 road courses now, so we had to give that away. <laughs> we had to give one Pocono race away and one Richmond race away to a road course because we love those. Yeah. Had to give it to Chicago. Ah, they're getting there. They're getting there. And <laughs> I, I wish they would bring back that doubleheader idea because that was really cool. They did the whole it was invert super, the field the second, uh, super the second cool. day. They the finished idea the they first had it, one. Yeah. Like you qualify for the first one, you'd race the first one. I can't. I'm pretty sure it was the top twenty inverted. And I can't remember. Everybody beneath that didn't. But they basically took if you finished in twentieth, you started the next race first, and if you finished in first, you started the next race twentieth, all the way through the field. I put some strategy in it. They did. Yeah. They, they they were having a they were having a hard time there, which I know everywhere for a minute had a hard time selling tickets in NASCAR, but that was there. That was like the president promoting everybody NASCAR's idea to like. Like I said, bring Pocono back, yeah. and like that, they sold that bitch out, and it, they said it was like the best atmosphere at Pocono, like in a long time. And then literally, it was just gone next year. <laughs> I know it was so sad because it was so reminiscent of what they talk about. Um, what's the old promoter's name that used to work at Charlotte that did all the crazy stuff? Like Bruton. Bruton. There you go. Thank you, Bruton Smith. Or Humpy to, Wheeler. Maybe it was Humpy Wheeler. Humpy I, Wheeler was just Charlotte, so it could have <laughs> been Humpy. Could have been that one. But back in the day, they would have, if you went to a NASCAR race, you didn't just see a NASCAR race. You went and you had an amazing outfield experience. Before the race even started, they'd let people in early. They'd have school buses jumping over 20 cars. They'd have some, they'd have Evil Knievel coming through there and jumping over (laughs) 19 school buses. They'd have school buses jumping Evil Knievel. I mean, they had all sorts of crazy stuff (laughs) going on in the front stretch. A bunch of other, not just the race, but they would come up with crazy stuff to where even if you weren't the biggest NASCAR fan, 
it's like, man, I mean, you get to see so much different things. Like, I, I'm tempted to buy the ticket just because of how much value there is here. And that was a great example of, like, how can we take what we already have and turn it into, into something so big that you can't afford to miss out on it, even if you wouldn't have bought tickets to the race itself. We're going to make it so cool you have to. Yep. And that was a great example of them doing something like that. And First, it th- seems like nowadays that the only thing that they're doing is like, hey, let's do Chicago Street Course because it's something we've never done before. It's a whole different type of track. It's like we're not going to try to make the tracks we already have cooler. We're going to try to find cooler tracks that we don't already have. They sometimes should totally, They should just make it feel it like a big event, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, me personally. Like the first mm-hmm. time we ever went to – I ever went to Bristol – was that your first time to ever go to Bristol yeah. too? So yeah. the first time we ever went to Bristol, they had a damn. Uh, obviously, this was outside the track because Bristol's small, but like outside the track, uh, this fucking dirt bike. Monster was the sponsor then, and they're real big in in motocross, or whatever. But like a jumps and shit, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, like a mo- like a like a mini motocross thing. Cool. And I want to say at some tracks, uh, Monster brought in, uh, like octagons they did like the mma like fighting stuff but not obviously not like you know john jones wasn't there or nothing but like they were there that day that they Bristol, were yeah they had the whole i, I octa- want to say like i've seen up. i've seen okay i feel yeah. like i was about to say i feel like i've seen it i didn't can't remember yeah Bristol, they, they also had the motorcycle there was Bristol, i mean there right? was, it was like a two acre spread for monster energy alone where yeah. they had the motorcycles jumping doing tricks and everything and then they had the octagon set up where they were going to have fights there later on yeah so day. they they do they that like that stuff's cool as hell they yeah They've talked about now that Atlanta is fucking back in Atlanta, Dale Jr. says should be the hottest ticket on the market, which if he says it, that bitch will probably be sold out next year. Um, They have this idea, and it all comes along with allowing gambling being legal in Georgia, but they have this whole spread. It's already, like, planned out, but they want to have, like, the racetrack, a casino, and, like, a fairgrounds all on the same property of Atlanta. And like have a, this massive Ferris wheel, you know, like have the, like the G- Georgia maybe State Fair, or whatever. Like, you know, have all that the same weekend of Atlanta Motor Speedway. And if Atlanta turns out to be the, the, one of the biggest races of the year, like that's gonna be super cool. That's to, how to do you something sell like that. That's how you sell tickets. Yeah, because like Atlanta's not in Atlanta, and that's how a lot of racetracks are. Like they're not in that city. The city. They're, they're you know Atlanta's like an hour south of Atlanta. Yep. It's like you know. It's down there. So, yeah, do I think we need to race every race at Chicago Street Course? No, because it's in a big city. But, like, there's plenty of stuff they could do. And like we say on this podcast, NASCAR definitely feels like they're on an upswing. They are. So, upswing means more money. More money you make means you can spend more money, and they can do cool shit outside the tracks, you know? Yep. Stuff like that. And I am I am 100% in on that. I mean, you just look at like, what they did with North, uh, North Wilkesboro. They decided they wanted to be all in on that racetrack. They put in millions and millions of dollars, and they got the government behind it too. Don't get me wrong; they had a lot of help from outside sources. But they got the, the big grant helped out. Yeah, it did. Which ha- that, but you know what they did? They invested in that racetrack, and they made it better than it ever could have been if they'd just gone back to it and just tried to run it there. Oh yeah, yeah. It probably still would have sold out, but it would have been such a crappy event. People probably wouldn't have been all that excited about it. Because they made just North Wilkesboro be a be thing. Cool. They had had a big fair. No, we're talking about Wilkesburg, Wilkes County. That's we're talking about a small place here. You know, they had a big fair. I'm uh, fair. Uh, parade. All the drivers came down. They had this like grand opening thing where a bunch of people went and signed autographs. And 
you know, hung out, like just made it, it, it made it be, made it feel good, you know? And it was so nostalgic anyway. It just felt like, you know, 1993, they quit racing there in 96, but damn, it was just, yeah. you know, cool as shit. And that's one thing I'm super disappointed about with the fact that they put dirt on Bristol is they... I hear that's not happening again. I'd love it if that didn't happen again. You and me both. Because they already have such a great product at Bristol. The racing product is cool, but it's obvious that the racing product alone isn't enough to sell tickets anymore because they're not filling out the stands. You've got to do something not to the race product itself because the racing hasn't gotten worse. It's not that the racing is bad. It's not that the product is bad. It's the way that you're selling it isn't great. So instead of dumping dirt on Bristol and just saying, hey... We've completely changed everything you loved about this place. You should come and see it. It needs to be, we've made this place more for you to love. And that's what I would enjoy a this, lot, this is, is making the... the exterior of the track and making your entire day at the track be such a bigger deal because they're not bringing 100,000 people from the Bristol area. They're bringing 100,000 people from hours away. So how are you going to make it worth my while to drive from Nashville to Bristol? Because I absolutely will do it. But I can't just do it because there's a race going on. I need you to bring I need to, when I arrive, I need a reason to be there all day long. Well, like me and you would. Like we don't need all that extra stuff. We're going for the race. I well, I'm but talking like, as a as, as a just as a, just a regular, regular fan. fan. Yes. A, a regular one. They uh I was just about to make a point here. Oh, we're talking about Bristol. This is this might be a hot take, but I don't think we will ever see Bristol. Like it looked like it did in 2003. Name one place in America, one single place in America that sells 250,000 tickets to an event. No football game does that. No soccer game does that. Like, we're not going to see those type of events ever again. 100,000 people at Bristol is going to look like nobody's there. You know why? Because there's 150,000 empty seats. But 100,000 people at an event is a huge deal oh, that should enormous. be celebrated. They talked about, somebody made a good point, you know, North Wilkesboro only holds 25,000 people. They talk about, man, this is awesome. Looks so good, you know, whatever. You know how many tickets they sold at Texas last year? More than 25,000, but it didn't look like nobody was there because that place holds like 75,000. So NASCAR in the big boom back in the day built all these stadiums, all these seats, all this stuff. Got a little too, like made the made tickets so accessible, made like, you know, all these things. Bristol, Bristol, you know, Bristol holding 150,000, you know, that might be feasible, but I still feel like 150,000 is a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. But we're talking about, we're talking about, NFL football teams, college football teams, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, Taylor Swift. Like, they sell out stadiums. Stadiums hold seventy to 90,000 people. Taylor Swift can sell out stadiums three nights in a row. So we might could put her at Bristol. She might could sell 250,000 tickets. But other Imagine than Taylor that. Swift, <laughs> other than Taylor Swift, I just don't know anything else that's bringing 250,000 people to a city. No, it's and tough. The, and Plus, the city I don't has think. to be able to like hold that, and they can. Bristol can. They've done, and they and dude, they Bristol used to couldn't get a ticket for ten years, and it's been two hundred fifty thousand people for a long time. But dude, two hundred fifty thousand seats in twenty twenty three, I don't think it's happening. No, we but. talk about it in music all the time, like with guys that like. The, there's only a few of those humongous, big superstars. Like even like Beyonce, would she draw that big? I don't, I know. don't think so. I have no idea. Yeah. I think Taylor Swift's the only one I could think of. Might be it. You know, if Taylor Swift, she can literally sell seventy thousand tickets two nights in a row at a stadium. Mm-hmm. So she could do it all in one night. 
She she could oh, yeah. if it was like her own if she like promoted like her only show, you know, or like only show this month or whatever. Taylor Swift probably put two hundred fifty thousand people in Bristol, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it'd be wild. But like, man, it's just it's they, that's a high expectation to get. Oh yeah, get Bristol's fill the seats out because people love posting. I mean, that's going to take those years. pictures. It's, I just don't think even it's going to happen. Even man. if you started to increase those ticket sales, it's not like they're going to jump from what they're at now to fully sold out in one year. I, I mean, just think of a hundred thousand. I can't imagine people, what you'd have to do to make that happen. You'd have to make something absolutely outrageous go down there. I just think of a hundred thousand people come to Bristol, it should be celebrated because that's more the people than the Patriots have in their stadium this weekend. Yeah. Well, if we can just get half of our followers to buy a Bristol ticket, they'll fill it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be us and Randy Adams and my mom. And one of us probably wouldn't even be able to make it knowing our schedules. We'd be on the road with Travis. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I mean, it's. It I is, don't even know what got me on that, it, but we, I think 100,000 people those. should be celebrated. It should be. That's no doubt about it. Man. And talk about 100,000 people. Um, this has nothing to do with that, but New Hampshire was fucking awesome, and I would absolutely have. And there was a great race. crowd there for a Monday. It was. They they were talking about how many campers like they were kept talking about on the uh, on the po- on the uh, broadcast. Like, look at all these campers. They were doing like overhead shots and stuff. You know, like look at all these campers. Look at all these fans. Like for a Monday, dude. Like I bet. I mean, there's probably. And twice that many there yesterday. I'd imagine, or uh, I'd imagine Sunday. Sorry. Usually, usually about <laughs> half the tell. crack. Half the half the crowd can come, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome, and then they ended up getting a great product on top of it. I mean, yeah, there was just four where I'd racing in New Hampshire like that. It's just never, never heard of that. No, and I even told Dawson in the middle, it's as much as Truex dominated the entire race yesterday. There was only one point in the entire race, <clears throat> one point in the race, which was I think in stage two where it kind of went green for a really long time, and he did get up to about a five-second lead, but it wasn't stage three, so I think some people were kind of holding off and strategy hadn't really played out yet. That was the only time in the race where I was like, man, I could actually use a caution right now just so that way we kind of string things back together. But overall, even with the same guy leading almost every single lap, it was exciting because at one point Blaney was right there on his ass about getting the pass done. At one point, Logano was right on his ass about to get a pass down. At one the point, the five car was up there about to make something yeah, happen. Yeah, Larson went on a tire strategy and started coming back up through the field. And so we were like, okay, is he going to catch up there and get the lead? All these different things ended up happening to where a, a race dominated by a single car ended up being an extremely interesting race. And it falls at just the right part in the schedule where you're having to start talking about who's making the playoffs. So stuff that's happening back in the pack matters. And the racing back in the pack was absolutely insane. So watching the nine car have to deal with all that he was dealing with, trying to get his points up and trying to get his win that he needs to get into the playoffs. You had something to watch in first, fifth, 10th, 15th, 20th. There was a race going on everywhere throughout the field. And, and one of my favorite things, I said this exact same thing about North Wilkesboro is it's fun to see some t- I'm not saying I got. A, I, I want to have an exciting race here, crazy race here. I thought the race yesterday was great, but it is great to have a race every now and again. It's just a straight up NASCAR race, and that's what that felt like. No, no, nothing crazy. No gimmicks. No nothing. Had strategy. Had a dom- the most dominant car won, which is fine. Had some mishaps on pit road, and had some had some a, a decent amount of cautions. Didn't feel like a wreck fest, but had a couple cautions that made it great. Like. That checks off the list of just a good old NASCAR race, and yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was an awesome time. I appreciate those a lot more as I've gotten older. Hell yeah. For sure. I mean, we had, what, 
three incidents I can think of that were real major ones with uh, Almendinger spinning around. Yeah, Amarillo losing his tire. The 48 car was a caution. The 48 car which causing that. could have not been a caution, but it yeah. was. It was it was a bit of a shit show, but that was the mid-pack racing. I mean, the fact that they all kept it on the road as much as they did and there wasn't a seven-car pileup at any point was honestly impressive. It was genuinely impressive. Blaney ran over his damn hose. I'm still upset about that, man. Caleb, is Caleb was on the edge of his seat, ready to just tear through the TV, and then he's like, well, I'm not excited anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it went down. I mean, he was up there giving – he was absolutely keeping Truex honest. They had a uh, they had that one pit stop that put like a three-second gap on him. He was up there with Truex 0.4 seconds behind for probably, what, 25 laps in a row. Him he would Larson get up right there, and then yeah. he'd back off a little bit, and then he'd get up right there, and he'd back off a little bit, and then finally there was a pit cycle under green. They all get out, and Blaney had a flub up on pit road on that stop where they couldn't get the jack to go up for a second, so that cost him a second. So he ended up being like three seconds behind uh, Truex by the end of it, and that's when Larson and uh, Blaney were having their battle. Then all of a sudden there's the 48 caution, or the 43 caution I think it was actually this time, Eric Jones spinning around. Caused the whole field to get bunched back up. We go down pit road. Everybody's putting two tires on. Blaney puts his two tires on, and I don't know what the hell happened. I think it was as soon as the jack dropped, he just instinctively gunned it and runs over his uh, runs over his air hose for his tire changer. Gets a penalty back of the field. There's Ran a- in the top five all day long. Does that with 30 to go. Finished in the twenties, I think it was uh, it was awful. There's a rule when you do a two tire stop; your guys have to go back around the other side of the car. And he For safety reasons. he he just left when the jack dropped, and you got to let those guys get back around. And he ran over his hose. Yeah, but, the exact penalty was running over equipment. I'm wondering if he had just whipped that thing over there. Like maybe they'd been like, "Well, there's technically not a rule about not running under equipment." <laughs> Just yeah. be like whipped it up. Yeah, to just go under. just just for him to go over. Like move. just jump, jump just roped, jump roped it. it. <laughs> That'd have been baller. I've been like, well, does the rule say you can't not? What if we just, just go slung the gun it? across the for nose of the yeah, car? Yeah, there you go. As long as it doesn't go outside your box or interfere with somebody else's on equipment. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I'm still upset about it, man. We could have at least finished second. I mean, that would have been awesome just to have the points day. So, <sighs> is that your hack of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sticking with mine, rain. Uh, rain, rain again for the fourth week in a row, man. We've had we've had uh, rain. This is the fourth week in a row, dude. Rain that is that is fucked a NASCAR race. I have a hard time saying yes, but I also <laughs> feel like I want to say yes. Blaney is my hack of the week. That's a Ooh. tough thing, which is tough when it's hey, your you driver. just gotta call him like you see him. You yeah. just do, but I hadn't even thought about that. But you were exactly right. Runs top two all day has a chance to win the race. Definitely had a car fast enough to beat Truex if he got him on a restart and managed to like swoop to woo him. I feel like he could have blocked his way. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he could have blocked his way to a win. So having a winning car, running over your equipment, man, that hurts my pride. <laughs> but my driver's my hack of the week. Wow, that's tough. Oof, that is tough. That's tough. That's real tough. You got to call them that way sometimes. Yeah, you though. do. I mean, we're equal opportunity hackers around yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody exempt from the list. <laughs> oh man, man, weather in Texarkana it. is my hack of the week too. On top of it, that's, that's rough. Du- double hack. The entire um, day in Texarkana. Any cool paint from this week? Trading paint? Cool paint. Tony Stewart's uh, helmet in SRX. That's my trade. That, paint. Yeah, well, that's could be mine. That's too. technically not a paint job, 
Dude, it's a paint job on a helmet. It yeah. was. We were uh, watching the SRX race, which is a series that Tony Stewart started up to kind of do his own thing on short tracks with a bunch of legends. So it's Tony Stewart, Tony Canaan. You got uh, Clint Boyer was in there, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. A lot of big NASCAR Brad guys. Kay. Brad Keselowski was in there. Uh, Haley Deegan was in there. Woo. Caleb's uh, favorite legend. Yeah, favorite legend. Legendary. Uh, there was a couple others. Paul Tracy, big big names in the, in all sorts of different forms of motor racing, and they go out there. They do their pace laps, and me and Dawson are kind of watching just to see what goes on. They show an in car view of Tony Stewart. He's got a helmet that plugs in to his car battery, and it lit up this whole stripe down the middle. Had you know like um, the style of artwork that they use a lot around Cinco de Mayo or uh, Dio de los Muertos, where it's like that like Mexican style. Oh, yeah. It's lots of pseudo paisley. It's very similar to that, but that kind of artwork that all lit up in this bright ass baby blue electric blue color. That's great. And you could see it from the broadcast camera, just watching the race. You could see his helmet <laughs> through his window. Out of his car. Yeah. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It was awesome. That yeah, that was, was awesome. That's got to be the best. was awesome. It also was. got fucked by rain, so fuck rain, but awesome race. I mean, awesome race. They're going back there again because they're supposed to be in Vermont this week, but Vermont is underwater. Also from rain, so fuck rain again. Yeah, going back to Stafford. <laughs> um, going back to Stafford. Ryan Priest is going to be tough to beat at Stafford. That's his home yeah. up there at his home place he where will. he raced all his modifieds, but... And I love Ryan Priest. I'm all here for it. I wish Ryan Priest had better equipment this year, just so we could see him run up front. And people wouldn't start, wouldn't keep talking shit. I mean, he's this. He's one of the better uh, Stewart Haas racing drivers. But when you're finishing in 22nd, it doesn't matter. It's like being one of the better Rick Ware cars. Like woo, <laughs> you're like, cool. All right. Yeah, your number's a little lower, but it's still double digits. And it doesn't. Speaking of Rick Ware cars, Rick Ware, JJ Yaley has more top tens than Ryan Priest this year. That's um, that's just upsetting. That's upsetting. That's I know a true, Ryan, that's a true stat. I know Priest is a talented sob. Just watching his Xfinity career back in the day, whenever he first got into that eighteen car, and I had guess like, he just needs to go to Gibbs. He hell yeah, man. Let's bring him on. Come on, I'd be all down for. What it. if he took over the nineteen if Truex retired? That'd be a hot. That'd be that'd be. I feel like that'd be a hard one to get him into. Toyota does have their own development program, so for them to go outside of the program to find somebody that's already driving a Ford, I, it, it's not impossible. Uh, that was just a joke, everybody. I'm not saying that's happening. But that would be that would be Priest, cool. I'd Priest. be all about it because he went in that 18 car, had what four starts that year, and won two four. of them. Yeah, something crazy. It was something. It was something incredible. And that was the moment I found out about him, and then I saw him run a couple modified races, and just watching him drive, I was like, I like this guy. Then at Nashville. He was racing in finger for that truck win, and I was going absolutely insane. Thought I was going to end up on TikTok or something, and I was <laughs> losing my shit. I have the diecast at my house right now. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm Priest is probably locked up at SHR for a couple years. It's if they can just turn it around, I'm all. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw Denny Denny Hamlin. Somebody was like, dude, I don't know who runs SHR social media, but they were like, they get drunk through the mud every week. Because people light them up. As they should. About but how bad they run. And it's just they like... They gotta have some motivation to do something. Wow. I don't know, man. I That's gonna be... Dude, them losing... Dude, losing Anheuser-Busch and, and Harvick, Harvick is about to just... We're about to see what they're made of, I guess. I don't know. It's it's gonna be... We are. And Amarola, probably. They're gonna have to replace two drivers and one of their main sponsors. And Amarola. Smithfield might leave with Amarola. Yeah. 
So it might be two of their main sponsors. That's going to be a tough, tough off year. This is going to be one of those years where if you're working at Stuart Haas, I give you all the respect in the world because you're about to have one of the hardest next six months of your entire life because mm-hmm. everybody's going to be up your ass about trying to do better and while you're also trying to replace four of your biggest components in your in your entire organization. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't even know, man. Tough that's nuts, crazy. man. That's rough. I it's just mind-blowing. We talk about it on this podcast more than anything else about SHR, but it's one of the most talked about things in NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, they're off. They are off. They are off, and it's it's sad to see. But It is. Uh, but, I mean, we doing not, good everybody on time can over be, there? not everybody can be uh, Truex running at New Hampshire. We're at 53. Okay. Um, not everybody can be Truex running at New Hampshire. What was that quote you saw yesterday about, like, if Truex wins a race, it's going to be the most boring three hours of my entire life? Yeah. But I mean, it's just like not that yesterday's race was boring, no, but like wouldn't. Truex is a guy that comes out when he wins a race, he wins like it's like a curb stomp. He he doesn't just like back into a win like oh yeah we made some adjustments on the car. He's not like uh, I, Harvick's a legend, but I'm gonna they call Harvick the closer. So it's it's not like you know Harvick will run fifteenth and then finish fifth or, or win. If Truex is going to win, he's going to be fast in practice, he's going to qualify well, and he's going to lead 300 laps. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny that that is exactly he's how He's got goes. the record for most laps he'll ever read, led in a race because one time uh, a Coke couple years ago, Coke 600 in like 2019, that son of a bitch led like every lap but like 17 or something like that. And percentage-wise... Yeah, and it was just because of pit, pit stop stops. cycles. And percentage-wise, he that is the most laps ever led in a race because obviously that's the longest race of the year. But he's done that. He owns the top two because he've, he's done it to Coke 600 twice. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder... This is... this is I wonder how big time about this. Like, he came into DEI... At a weird, weird time. I mean, he he came in the DEI when DEI was shutting down in the cup. But he was at DEI in the heyday in the bush. You know what he did? Won two titles. Mm-hmm. He comes into DEI in the cup when they are falling apart. So he comes in then. We'll call that a shitty car, city situation. He has to go to Michael Waltrip Racing Shitty car, shitty situation. Napa leaves because of all the cheating shit, whatever. And then the first couple years in the 78 until they turned that around. But since then, like, what if Truex didn't spend more than half of his career in dog shit cars? What if Truex ran for Joe Gibbs since 2005? How many wins does he have? 70? I don't know where he's at off the top of my head. He's at like 30. Maybe, no, maybe not 30. I think it's like 20 something. But, like, how many wins would that man have if he ran for someone like Joe Gibbs his whole career? It would have been wild. 34 wins. Uh, 34 wins. Yeah, 34 dude. wins so far, and that's just between the 78, the Joe Gibbs equipment, and maybe, like, one or two that I'm guessing happened before then. I don't know. Yeah, he won Dover in the, in the Bass Pro car back in the day, and he won at Sonoma, I know for a fact, in the 56 car. Yeah. So there you go. But He's had a couple if, of wild one-offs. But. What if, dude? People were ready to write that motherfucker off back in the day, dude. They were ready to... Truex, man, he's shit. He's nothing. He's terrible. You know, whatever. And then he goes to, like, 2000... And, like, 14 or 15, you know? Goes to the 78. 78 car is not good. And Bad. It turned into the, one of the best cars in the field. I mean, in 2017, it t- you couldn't it beat tur- it. It took, three, took three years to get there, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... 
they he's I would just imagine thinking when he goes there like man this is where my career goes to die right like you, you'd you have don't to see imagine. you don't see that trajectory trajectory happening happening like you didn't no one's betting like man this guy right here going to 78 cars gonna be one of the best to ever do it in the next 10 years it definitely is wild wild that he changed because he got I think there that's at 14 why he's not, that's why he's not trying to retire right now i mean he's, he's dude you can't retire when you're winning like running like this no you can't i mean he is he's in the championship conversation every single year it's a different thing whenever you start falling off of that or if you've been, or if you're Kevin Harvick and you've been having that success since the beginning of your career, now you're 20 years into it. It's like, yeah, eventually you're gonna have to call it a day. But I feel like he's he is in the middle of his stride. I'm not gonna say he just found it. He's he found it back in 2016, 2017. Yeah. But he's in he's still in that man. I'm here and I can win. And maybe it took me a lot longer than other people. But why quit now? Having a good time, go do it. He said something in his post race thing that was like, "It'd be cool to to win the championship and then just ride off into the sunset." So if he wins the championship, I could see just saying "screw it" and and have like you know Tom Brady in it up, you know whatever. Just keep signing one year deals until he does it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought Dale Jr. made a great point the other day, and I and I don't know. I, I've I have met Martin Truex Jr. I've been around him a couple of times, but I don't know anything about him. But he was like. He was like, Martin Truex Jr. is raw. He was like, he's not in the sim every single day. He's not running, you know, 10 races a week doing this. He was like, I feel like Truex, he just goes fish. He fishes during the week, shows up here and whoops everybody's ass on the weekend. Which is awesome. Like, he's a (laughs) fucking race car driver. And I just, I really do wonder... If he would have ran for someone like Joe Gibbs, like, you know, he say, say even in like 2008, if he got it after, after the Budweiser, Budweiser, after the um, DEI stuff, like, dude. I guarantee he's got double the amount of wins he does now. I bet he's got 70 wins, dude. For real, I bet he does. Like, Which would I, be awesome. He he would be like, I bet he had 70 wins and more than one championship. Not saying he's going to be Jimmy Johnson, but like, yeah, he'd be up there in that conversation of like Kyle Bush's and 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 Jimmy Johnson's and those guys, so like modern drivers, Kevin Harvick, that have and Denny Hamlin that have those 50, 60 wins. Like, I could truly, I see 50 easily. Mm. easily yeah I'd, I'd be here for it i mean he's a good driver he's allison's favorite driver so she got herself a win yesterday i was laughing because at one point it was 19 12 5 all three of us that live in the same house all of three of our drivers were battling for the first position hell yeah i was like man that's that's wild you just don't see that very often it's kind of great honestly it was it was a lot of fun i was really enjoying it and i mean throughout the entire race just seeing how the whole thing played out you had a little bit of everything yesterday you had a little bit of a green flag feel. So I'm saying it was a tip, it, was a, it, was a, it a, was a storybook NASCAR race. It just was. Work, just definition of it. And if you're a Truex fan, it really was a storybook NASCAR race. So. Yeah, storybook's not what I meant to say. I meant like the definition of a NASCAR race like has X, Y, and Z. Yesterday had X, Y, and Z. It did. And then next week we are going to Pocono. And I think it's going to be another good one. Watch out for Denny Hamlin. I feel like he's going to be fast. He always is fast at Pocono. Dude won Pocono, both Pocono races his rookie year. Yeah, he's he's always going to be. I would Could say, be. yeah. I mean, if you're going to pick a favorite, I would say Denny Hamlin's going to be your favorite. No doubt about it. Denny, Larson runs well there. Uh, Bowman runs well there. Chastain runs well there. It's where Blaney got his first win. So Blaney he got can his first win. Well. He can run well. There. I don't know what he's done since. I, I couldn't tell you. don't either, but man, that was a. Let's, let's sew it on back to that little win over Harvick. That was awesome. I wish you would have been around to see it since he's your favorite. Man, me too. That was he the one. Battled, that was his only win that I haven't Harvick. seen. The only win I didn't get to see. 
And I'm slowly collecting all the die casts for every Blaney win. I don't have that one. I don't have Daytona. And I've got the one that he got earlier this year on the way to the house at, as we speak. It'll probably get here sometime in 2017. <laughs> 2020, Yeah, it always takes Hell forever. Yeah. If you order a die cast right after the race is over, it takes pretty much a, a year, year to get a, it. It'll get here a year from Which now. I think is unbelievably ridiculous, but <laughs> that's just me. But I so don't know does what, everyone else. I don't know what they have to go through, but by the time you get it, you've already forgotten it happened. I actually, when we moved to, Na- when I moved back to Nashville from Murfreesboro, <laughs> I had two die casts that I had ordered to get sent to my apartment that I had forgotten about when I moved. So I never gave the company a forwarding address. So me and the chick that moved in after I moved back up to Nashville, she would send me messages on Instagram like, hey, I got a package for you. Um, what do you want me to do with it? And I'd just go down. I'd drive down there, and I grabbed it. Now I thought that was it. And then she's like, hey, I got another one. And I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot that I had a second one coming. So I went down there and grabbed it again. We sat there and shot the shit for like 20 minutes because it became such a regular thing because it was like a year later. But it That's was, so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. But, yeah, so I got a, I got Blaney's win coming in at some point in I, the next two years. I own a lot of Larson win, baby ones, but I can't afford the other ones because they charge way too much for his. Oh yeah, it's always tough. Anything Kyle Larson's tough. That's why I picked my driver. The where where he's at, I'm I'm happy with it because he's <laughs> about seventh place in the championship battle at any one point. So he's like just popular enough to be hard to get, but just unpopular enough to make sure that you can get it. <laughs> he rides that fine little line. But every time he gets a win from now on, I'm buying the diecast. It's gonna be at least sixty dollars. It costs me every time he wins. So you need to just bet enough money so that that equals out. Ooh, yeah. that's it's a great plan until I'm broke again. <laughs> until Daytona <laughs> yeah, breaks Bla- me. Blaney doesn't win that many, so you might be screwed <laughs> on that deal. Yeah, I'm just screwed all the way around being, being a Blaney fan. Sometimes screwed by pit road, screwed by uh, screwed by diecast sales, and uh, you know screwed by betting. Hell this yeah. is what it is. Well, all right, I thought that was a pretty solid episode, boys. Uh, follow all of us on social media. I'm Dawson Edwards Music. We're Ray's Rowdy Racing. Caleb Con Rowdy. And God bless America. I'm Nikki T. Hell yeah. At Ray's Rowdy. Yeah, Ray's Rowdy, Nikki T. There we go. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We will not have a podcast next week. But we will be back. We will be back for Richmond, I think, is the race after Pocono. Thunderous fashion. Y'all have a good week, folks. Hell yeah. We'll see y'all out there. Premium.